Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor at Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. That when somebody comes in, whether to this church or whether to your life or knocks on your door at home and wants to give you or sell you something that they say is, is better and more pure, Right away you go, no, 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 wait a minute. This is not what God's Word says. You may not be able to describe what's wrong with what they're saying, but you will, the Holy Spirit will go shut the door. Don't listen to this. Don't listen to this. And from such people, remove yourself. Turn away. Many churches today are being deceived and pressured into this popular teaching of, uh, of woke pastors seeking to become popular both inside and outside of their venues in order to reach this rock star status that somehow they've decided that the pastors are supposed to have. I don't find this in the Bible at all. Look out if a pastor starts wearing skinny jeans, shiny shirts, and weird hair. That's my opinion of me. It's not found in the Word of God. I'm telling you, it's just something that pops up and and concerns me at times, late night television as I'm cruising through. Ooh, something's not right about this guy. Look at his hair. I'm joking about that much. (laughs) So stay in your Bibles, remain on your knees, and seek the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. Amen? And don't let anybody rob from you what what God has already given to you. Don't let them come in and destroy the work that he wants to do and has done in your life. Because, listen, friends, we're sailing into some rough waters, some rough, uncharted waters. How close do we get to the tribulation before uh, God pulls us out in the rapture? What happens to, how bad is the world before we get, I wish I knew, I wish I could answer that question. We don't know. All all we know is that we've got to stay close in the Word and and faithful to what God has told us to do. If you do those two things, when He shows up, you'll be found faithful workers. Well done, good and faithful servants, will be the words that you want to hear and will hear. So we've seen judgment number one. The harlot church is taken out. Now let's look at judgment number two. Babylon is taken out. Babylon is taken out. Remember, Babylon represents the worldwide economic and political system from which the entire planet is ruled by the beast, Antichrist. Babylon. Letter A, you hear the announcement of guilt. The announcement of guilt. The angel is announcing this. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. This is verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 1. We've moved on to the next chapter. Um, And he has great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. This angel has an illumination, this light uh, that reflects upon all of the earth. Remember, this angel just left heaven in the presence of God himself. You remember when Moses would spend time with God up on the mountain and come back, and they'd go, Moses, put something over your face. It's so bright. It's the glory of God when he spent 
time with God. And this angel comes right out of heaven to make uh, an announcement, and he is shining bright. Even in the midst of this wickedness, God's glory shines throughout the world. Verse 2, And he, the angel, cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. While heaven is the inhabitants of God, Babylon and those that follow it is the inhabitants of Satan and his followers. If this geographical center is literally Rome, and I believe it is, this will be an evil and satanic city and region at this point, the likes the world has never seen. Verse 3, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her to get rich. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Each nation will have monetary ties to the world system and will have sold themselves out to her enticing riches and power that she provides and abundant luxuries at the expense of the poor. Christians during this time will need to be very wary of getting caught up in the various hidden tentacles of the beast and they will go throughout the world and they will sound like really good investments and really good decisions, but Christians at this time are going to have to be very wary of this. Letter A, you hear the announcement of guilt. And letter B, you hear the announcement of warning. The announcement of warning. God has always warned his people to keep a safe distance between righteous living and sinful living, you know, being in the world, not of the world, he says. He's always warned his children. You can go clear back to the book of Genesis when he's warning his children to stay away from these foreign nations with foreign gods, with foreign idols. Don't marry their women. Don't marry their men. Don't get involved with them. They will tear you down and they will break you down. They will bring in false religion. Don't do it. I can hear Joshua warning the people right before he dies, don't do this, don't do this. Are you going to worship the gods your, your fathers worship, the idols over on the other side of the river? Or are you going to follow God? And of course they cry out, we will follow God. But Joshua knew something. He knew that some of them had already put idols in their homes. And he says, you need to go home and you need to destroy them right now. And they all were busted. They went home and they got rid of their idols. That generation followed God. But if you keep reading in your Bibles, it says a, a generation arose that did not follow God and they followed after the idols. Israel was a roller coaster ride of highs and lows. The story that goes through is just one of triumph and tragedy. And here we are, America, turning our backs on God. God is still warning us, be in the world, but don't be of it. Verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins. So at this time, some Christians will have put themselves in a very dangerous predicament in being part of this system. 
Come out from her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she has glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. What an arrogance to this political system at the end. They believe nothing can stop us now. We are in complete power, utter power. There's nothing that can bring us down. What an arrogance. Verse 8, therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine. These are the plagues. And she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. One of the sins that this world system and its partakers will be judged for is that of pride It's the original sin. Think back to the Garden of Eden. It was pride that led Eve to eat of the apple. You can be like God. Really? Me? Woohoo! And it took her down, along with her, of course, Adam. Pride is the original sin. The politicians, the financiers, uh, and those who profit from this evil alliance will think themselves so clever and so proud of their accomplishments. But in the end, in a single day, it will all be taken from them. The schemers of this crime syndicate will be eating exquisite food and drinking the finest wine while the vast majority of the rest of the world is starving to death, quite literally. And for that greed and pride, God's judgment will come down on them hard. It's the wise Christian who keeps their distance From the wheeler dealer, make a fast buck, fly-by-night charlatans of this world. Don't get involved with them. Stay far away from them. Letter A, you hear the announcement of guilt. Letter B, you hear the announcement of warning. And here's letter C, you hear the announcement of sorrows. The announcement of sorrows. The international church, the false religion has already been decimated right at the halfway point of the tribulation. About three and a half years into it, she falls hard. They turn on her. And now Babylon, who is the political financial uh, powerhouse of the world, is in charge. But she falls in a single day. So how does this happen? How could this happen? Such a powerful system. How does it fall in a single day? Well, let me give you my opinion, and I think it's a strong possibility. In a recent Fox News article, plans for creating a central bank system that includes the use of what's being called a universal, now remember this is all uh, (laughs) the one world financial system, they're creating what's called a digital dollar And the plans for this are well underway. Let me quote from the article that I read um, two months ago, and then I'll comment on a more recent update. 
While the world remains focused on the tragic situation in Ukraine, the Biden administration is preparing to launch America's first government-backed digital currency. If a new digital dollar is rolled out, it could substantially reduce individual rights and give the Federal Reserve and the national government significantly more power over the U.S. economy. What could possibly go wrong with that? No, that's not in the article. Okay, back to the article. A central bank digital currency, CBDC, would lighten. You're going to hear more about this. See, the news is kind of, uh, uh, you know, look over here while we're doing this. And so, there, you know, a lot of us don't even know about this. I only became aware of it two months ago, this digital do dollar. A central bank digital currency would likely be programmable meaning that it could be designed so that Americans could only use it for specific purposes that the government approves of. And it would be easy for banks and government agencies to track digital dollars and the people using them, unlike printed U.S. dollars are today. Interesting to note, and this is a side note, that digital dollar has an amount that it's worth. And that can be changed at any moment if the government decides you've done something wrong or something they don't approve of. Back to the article. Although some might be tempted to dismiss these fears as too far-fetched to be of serious concern for a country like the United States, there is strong evidence that the White House and the Federal Reserve have already considered making a new digital dollar programmable in line with their various social and economic goals. A senior administrative official also told reporters that the White House has and will continue to partner with all stakeholders, including, and is this a description of Babylon? <laughs> I think so. Including, these are their partners, industry, labor, consumer, and environmental groups international allies and partners when developing plans for a central bank digital currency. Let me remind you of several weeks ago when we were back in Revelation 13. Let me read you a verse, chapter 13, verse 16. He, the beast, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of the name. And the answer is this. If there's a digital dollar out there, you can't buy or sell anything until you get this mark on your body, and it's proved that you have this mark. This is how they separate uh, people at this point. I think it answers the question, how could a government control the spending habits of an estimated six billion people on the earth after the rapture takes place? Digital dollars that can be assigned or unassigned to you by the currency police, they will decide the value that you have in your account. 
As Canada just proved to the world, if you cross the government's control and agenda, they can shut down your bank accounts immediately, locking you out. And then all they have to do is burn the cash, and you can't, you can't spend money anymore. When Babylon falls, the world falls with it. Listen to her list of sorrows when it all comes tumbling down. Here's how she responds. Verse 9, the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. She fell in an hour. What they thought could never happen happens within an hour. Blows away all these people that had placed their faith and their trust in this system. Verse 11, And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. There's no longer a way for them to make a living. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and incense, fragrant oil, and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour, and wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses and chariots and bodies and souls of men. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, and you shall find them no more at all. Industry is shut down. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, Sailors and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this city? What is like this city? How are we going to replace this? What do we do now? We put all our faith in this world system, and it has crashed. Verse 19, they threw dust on their heads, which is a Middle East sign of uh, of mourning, And cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. For in one hour she was made desolate. God allows sin to take its natural course. And of course Paul tells us in Romans very plainly that sin leads to death. And you're seeing it right here on the pages of the Bible. It's going to happen. And thank God, those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ will only view this from heaven. Finally now, letter D, you hear the announcement of praise. The announcement of praise. 
When the king's rulers and their power completely collapse, there is praise and joy in heaven. And while this may seem a little inappropriate to us right now on this side of it, uh, we will understand then what the beast and his crime family, the ones who persecuted and murdered God's children openly for entertainment, are now themselves judged by the same standard that they oppress the tribulation saints. Finally, justice has come, and his name is Jesus Christ. The lion is revealed, and Babylon, the world's most powerful and oppressing agency, is fallen. Verse 20, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you, holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. You may remember that uh, a couple of months ago when we saw the, the um, believers, the martyrs that are under the altar crying from heaven saying, we were murdered for our faith in Jesus Christ. God, when will you avenge us? And God says, wait a little longer, and I will. I'm going to do that. Just be patient. It's going to happen. And of course, we see it right here on the Scriptures. This is what God is doing. He's gaining vengeance for the blood that they have spilt, the blood of the prophets and the blood of the apostles and the blood of all believers that have claimed Christ. Verse 21, then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, thus with violence that great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. There'll be no more parties, no more dinner parties with symphonies playing in the background. Everything is wiped out. No craftsman of any kind shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of, millstone, of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. Industry is shut down. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived, and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints, and all who were slain on the earth. God says, vengeance is mine. And we should, ought, we should leave it to him because he does it perfectly. In our study of Revelation today, we have witnessed the judgment of the harlot church and the judgment of Babylon, the worldwide political and economic system. Now the only event left for the world and the beast is the coming of our hero, Jesus Christ, the lion. And when he arrives, he defeats all the armies of the world with the same voice that spoke it into being. One final question I want to ask you before we're finished. Will you meet Jesus as Savior, King, and friend? Or will you meet him as judge, jury, and executioner? You see, he's offered a gift to you. We're all sinners in need of salvation, every last one of us. God sent his son Jesus down to the earth. He went to the cross as a perfect man, a perfect sinless God-man. He went to the cross and he died for every sin that was ever committed so that you and I could claim the blood of Jesus Christ See, we can't be good enough. That doesn't work. No one's good enough. 
Scripture tells us that. No one's good enough. Jesus was, and he's offering a gift to every person, you included, right now. Whether you're online watching us or whether you're in this room, Jesus Christ died for your sin, and the gift is on the table. As long as you have breath in your lungs and a beating heart, that gift is available to you. Once you pass from this world and go out into eternity, the gift is off the table if you haven't picked it up. You see, there's no riding the fence here. You either choose Jesus or you choose against him. You say, well, I'm, I'm not for the devil, but yeah, I don't need either one of them. Well, then that's a choice against Jesus. And you will meet him as judge, jury, and executioner for the sin that you've committed. But if you lay that sin at the cross and you pick up the grace that he's given to each one of us or offered it to each one of us. If you make it yours, it will be yours and you will spend an eternity forgiven in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings forevermore. And I tell people all the time, this is too dangerous. It's too dangerous to leave this building without knowing where you're going to go if you pass on today. Make the decision before you leave here. You do that by asking God for forgiveness, that you recognize that Jesus is Lord and that you want to follow him all the days of your life and serve this risen Savior. You want to give him what's left of your life. Do that and you'll become a Christian and you'll seal your eternity. Let's pray. Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit RestoredCommunityChurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.